Well, welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, dealing with bad interviewers. Chapter one, bad questions. Here we go. Well, certainly the interviewing series has been one of our most successful products. So we regularly get emails from folks telling us how the series helped members get not only a job, but their dream job, right? I mean, it's like, ah. yeah, yeah, they gush. Yeah, they do. Oh, it is so rewarding to hear people say that people landing the job, yeah. the thing they've dreamed about their entire life. And yet we also get asked questions from folks that kind of sound like this. What if they don't ask those questions I've so carefully practiced for, the ones that Mark yeah. told me to prepare for? What if the interviewer's a fan of the stress interviews? What if she's distracted? Yeah. Well, those are a couple of the questions we ask, and there are more. But yeah. one of them we get often that we're going to talk about today is, what about those who just, they're just bad interviewers? They ask bad questions. Yeah, let, let me start out with a high level first and just kind of roll into this. First of all, I think the reason our interviewing series is so effective is twofold. One, it starts out with people know at some level, frustratedly, but they do know that the average interviewing guidance that they read is crap. And specifically, the reason they know it is the comments are made are generally vague. And, you know, they say you need to push or you need to do X or you need to do Y, or maybe they tried it and, and they got a very not effective response from an interviewer. The vast majority of things I read about interviewing are terrible. I don't know where these people, these people haven't done the things they're recommending or they're interviewing with people who are terrible, who don't know what they're doing. And so by definition, if you're interviewing with a terrible interviewer, it's hard to predict whether or not you're doing good in the interview based on whether they say yes or no. Who knows? I, I don't know. The second thing is people like it because it is so bloody specific. We get down to say this in this order. Here's the way the sentence is. No commas. Okay. Here's the order of that question, of that answer. Here's why they're asking. Here are the words to say. Here are the seven words to say when you close. Here's how to answer the question about tell me about yourself. Here's how long you have. Here's what you should cover in detail, point by point by point. Okay. And so that's what this cast is about. Now, I've been telling people for the last 25 years, ever since I started helping people interview and coaching people and recruiting and so on. I've been telling people, I'm not going to answer this question. I'm not going to answer the generic question of what if I get somebody who doesn't know what they're doing? Because there's just no way to prepare. I mean, there are billions of questions people could ask, and we can't possibly prepare you for all of them. We're preparing you for the most likely ones. And if you can answer these questions, you can probably, you know, if you can answer the ones we recommend you prepare for, you'll be ready for almost anything. We can't prepare you for an unprofessional, an unethical, poorly prepared. We can't prepare you for all possibilities in an interview. There are going to be some people who don't take their job seriously and you're going to be in trouble. Uh, you know, I was telling, actually, I was telling my son Drake about this and he said, yeah, you know, if, if I'm given a bad teacher in school and I kind of raised my brows like, oh, don't, let's not go there. He says, no, no, really. He says, I have some great, he says, I have some great teachers and I have some not so good ones. 
And if I have a not so good one, it's harder. It's just plain harder. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're in high school, there's not a lot you can do. And more importantly, if you're in a position of relative lesser power, the other person has more power. And and let's face it, folks, you are. And one of the things we'll talk about today is you can't control an interview because you're not the one in power. It's too obvious that the interviewer is in power. If you're the one that has less power in a situation like this, the system could end up screwing you. You end up getting less of what you think is reasonable and fair. I'll say over and over again in these casts about bad interviewers, don't wish for life to be fair because it's not going to be fair. You're going to be well prepared. You're going to be right for the job and you're going to get a crummy interviewer who does an unprofessional job of preparation or thinks he's clever and smart or thinks it's cool to put the screws to you and suddenly you don't get the offer and they think it's funny to laugh about you after the interview, or they laugh about how you were dressed when, when they said, stay casual and you dressed in a suit and they say, what a dork. Mm. And 90% of the people in the world who have half of a brain would say, what a nice call that, that person actually dressed up for the interview. And the risk of not dressing up for an interview is huge. You never know. And, you know, there's nothing we can do about all these people, but we're going to make an exception because we get so many questions about these specific, what do I do about all these possible outcomes. We're going to address them because we want to be able to tell people, just listen to this cast. But I want to make, before I do that, we're going to have a caution, uh, a word of caution. A lot of the questions that you're going to be, it's going to be suggested you need to know how to answer. A lot of the issues that people have that start with, what do I do if they do X are from people who don't know what they're talking about. They haven't interviewed extensively, and basically they're imagining all the things that could happen. And I got to tell you something. If somebody says, well, do you know what to do in this situation? Because that worries, worries me. I'd say, okay, what did you do? When that happened to you, what did you do? And when they say, oh, it just hasn't happened to me. I was just reading about it. Well, unless the person specifically can tell you the exact question they were asked in the situation they were in, at what point in their career, how they handled it, what, how the interview turned out, and so on, I generally would discount anything that, particularly those people without with, that you think go home a lot of interviewing experience, say could happen in an interview. Because interviews, while the possibilities are infinite, and since there are a lot of people interviewing, you know, they can do all kinds of things, and there are varying ranges of professionalism, anything technically could happen, but you can't prepare for everything. You know, successful teams don't try to do every play perfectly. They try to execute the most important plays as perfectly as they can. You cannot win at every position, at every game, every time. No team you know, goes undefeated. There, I suppose there are rare exceptions, but it just doesn't happen. What I'm trying to say here that what we're about to talk about isn't going to happen, but it is unlikely. Um, There are ways to prepare. Um, Many of you will choose to ignore this guidance, thinking that you can be smarter or better. And I'll tell you, anytime you think you're not smart a recruiter, trust me, you can't. I had a guy once say to me in an interview, I can tell you're going to say no. You're asking me questions that don't put me in a good light. I need the floor to be able to prove to you that I'm good. And I said, if I have the job, why do you need the floor? He says, because you're not asking me the right question. (laughs) He said that to you? (laughs) Yeah. And I said, well, okay, then, to be fair, I'll give you five minutes. Tell me what you want to know. And he says, well, I need a bunch, bunch of information about the company. I said, I'll give you five minutes. I'll tell you anything you want, but you have a total of five minutes from now to learn what you want to learn and then tell me what you want to tell me. He asks three and a half minutes of questions. 
all of which were stuff about the company that didn't help him at all. And then he tried to, in a minute and a half, tell me things that he thought I would want to know, none of which were terribly good. And at the end of the interview, I ended the interview short and I said, I've decided not to pursue you and I apologize. And I, I know you're a smart person and you'll do well, and but it's just not a fit here. And he said, why not? I said, because it's my interview and I know what I'm doing. And you don't get to tell me you want five minutes in the middle of an interview. That's not how it works. You behaved inappropriately. Uh, it was You didn't do it politely. You behaved inappropriately. He says, oh, you're just using your power. I said, no, I'm not. I'm being an intelligent person, evaluating you, your demeanor, your character, your interpersonal skills, and find you enormously lacking. He says, this is why everybody hates interviewing. I said, why? Because they get told no? <laughs> you know, <laughs> unbelievable. One person told me, I have to move the chair. I'm an intimate person, and this chair is too far from you. Okay. Yeah. And he said, I'm, I'm going to move it whether you want me to or not. Okay. I, you know, at that point, what am I going to say, right? I'm going to say, okay, move it. And he moved it. And I took him through an interview. He didn't do that well. And I said, I've decided not to pursue you. And he said, why not? I said, because you moved the chair. Because <laughs> you insisted. Because you decided that what you wanted to do is more important than what I wanted to do. I've done 10,000 of these. You've done five. You seem like a nice enough person until you were so incredibly rude that in my hotel room, in my suite, which I have set up to interview to make it easy for me at a distance, not inappropriate, maybe six or eight feet to allow me to stretch out a little bit, to have room to write on the desk and for you to have room as well. You seem to suggest that you get to decide how this interview is going to go. And he says, well, you, I'm sure you felt threatened. Oh, that's I said, you're sure of things that aren't in evidence, <laughs> you know. Well, but that's the whole point of this cast, though, right? Is if if you have a bad interviewer who asks you bad questions, the first thing to remember is it's their interview. They're still the interviewer. It doesn't yeah. matter how bad they are. They're still the interviewer. Yeah. And I feel bad because I've just given a long intro to what will be for all these casts about bad interviewers. We've tried before to do this and put all of the guidance for all the possible bad interviews in one cast. And it got too long and it got too complex. And we're afraid people will miss the parts that would address the particular concern they have. So we're focusing on one specific one here, which is a bad interviewer who asks bad questions, questions that aren't helpful. Now, the problem is, remember, folks, you don't get to decide what questions they get to ask. Okay? They do. They may be terrible questions, but they get to decide. You get to answer the way you want, and we're going to tell you how to answer, but you don't get to decide what questions they ask any more than they get to decide what answers you get to give, okay? So our recommendation is threefold, okay? This is as simple as it gets. It'll always be true. It's not just true for bad interviewers uh, and bad interview questions. Whatever you do, you answer the question you're asked, period. You do not answer the question that you want to answer. You do not answer something that's totally irrelevant to the question just sim simply because you feel put out that the interviewer is giving bad questions. For all you know, they're doing it on purpose and they're a genius. I think that's highly unlikely, but whatever. They get to ask the questions. It's entirely possible that you'll know 15 minutes into the interview, there's nothing you can do and they're going to ask you a bunch of questions that aren't going to be helpful. And I'm sorry. That's the way the system is. It's not fair. But fairness is not one of your guarantees. The second thing is, you do get an out here, okay? You do get to add something once, and we'll tell you exactly how to do that so that you can add more that's more in line with what you think may be helpful based on your analysis of your background and the job. And the last thing, which is something that we'll repeat over and over again when it comes to bad interviewers, 
whether they ask bad questions or they're unprepared or they're unprofessional or they stress you out or they while away the time or they're interrupted a bunch or whatever. And that is let the outcome go. Yeah. If you start stressing halfway through or even a third of the way through, and some of you will be clever enough to figure out 10 minutes into an interview that they're asking stupid questions. And these questions cannot possibly be helpful to a normal person to draw the right, a distinction, an appropriate distinction in interviewing multiple people. You're going to know, and it's going to frustrate you, and that's going to affect your ability. And you're going to deliver any answer you deliver. First of all, you're going to be more motivated to tell them what you want to tell them, even if you don't answer their question, but you're also going to get more frustrated even if you deliver their question, their answers. And so you'll come across as frustrated, which is not going to get you hired. So whatever you do, just like Jimmy Buffett says, Bebomo, breathe in, breathe out, move on. You've got to let go. You do the best you can. And the outcome is not your responsibility. It's theirs. So let the outcome go. Good. Okay. So let's go back to one of the points I was making earlier. It, It doesn't matter how bad the question is. It's the question. It's the interviewer's interviewer. Yep. She's in charge. It's the rule. And no matter how awful the interviewer is or how outrageous the question she asks is, you have to answer it. You answer the question you're asked. Now, I know there are some people who haven't listened to all of our cast who are saying right now, they don't really mean what they just said. They're about to give me an out. (laughs) No, no, not really. Yeah. And the out, well, no, no, no. Here's what they're thinking, dude. Trust me. Even though you say no, they're saying yes, because what they're thinking is, well, they don't really mean that if I get asked an illegal question, I'm supposed to answer that. But those of you who've listened to us know the appropriate response to an illegal question, like how old are you or do you plan on getting pregnant? Or what is your race or your, or what is your creed? What is your ethnic, you know, things like that, protected class, protected status questions described differently or used by uh, named differently in different parts of the, the world. We recommend you answer those questions too. You could choose not to go to work for a company that asks you illegal questions. I certainly would in many cases, but we recommend you answer the question you're asked. Look, if the interviewer really is playing games with you, you can't win. Okay? Yes, it's unprofessional. Yes, it's unfair. You know what? Welcome to the big leagues. It it happens. I remember in uh, Field of Dreams, you know, my all-time favorite movie, the, toward the end of the movie when they're playing a baseball game and Archibald Moonlight Graham comes up to bat as a young kid. You know, the pro throws at him and he says, you going to say something to him? What, aren't you going to say something? He nods and um, says, yeah, watch out, kid. <laughs> watch out, you don't get beaned, I think he says. All right, it's not fair. What the pitcher was doing was wrong, and he was a rookie, and he didn't have any power, and he was playing against a pro, and so too bad. You know, the rules aren't perfect. There's nothing you can do. If you get bizarre questions, like tell me, what do you know about the planets? How many planets are they? Give me a, order. Organize the planets in our solar system by density or organize them by relative size, right? I mean, there's no evidence to show that that has any correlation to someone doing a particular job well, unless you're an astrologer or planetologist or something like that. But there's nothing you can do. Don't say, how is that helpful? Unless you want to walk out. I mean, look, if you if you want to, you could walk out at any time. Yeah, I guess you could do that. Yeah, but our recommendation is not answering the question or trying to be clever, or trying to be political, or sliding past the question to say what you want to say will not help you. 
And the reason it's important you keep that in mind is there are going to be questions that are in a gray area between a completely appropriate question and a question that anyone in the world would agree is inappropriate, okay, meaning ineffective, not illegal or unethical. If you start defining questions that are in the gray area, which the company would say are absolutely reasonable, and you start stepping past them and answering what you want them to know, they're going to see you as political or too clever by half, or not a good listener, or selfish, or arrogant, or trying to control the interview, which you don't get to do. Look, folks, you don't want control now. You want to impress them enough for them to give you an offer. When you get an offer, that's when control passes to you. So, look, if the interviewer is just bad, just totally unprofessional, and asks stupid questions, but doesn't really have any ill intent around them, then not answering the question won't help you either. To some extent, by not answering the question, you're just calling attention to his ineptitude. And that isn't endearing. And folks, don't think you get a pass because you're 45 and you're being interviewed by a 23-year-old and you say, well, he doesn't really mean that. So let me answer the question that he really means and I have a prepared answer for that and that'll make me look good. No, you don't get to do that. Okay, You don't get to be clever. Okay, What you do is answer the question that was asked. There is no upside in not answering the question. You think that there is, you telling them what you want them to know. But if you start telling people what it is you want them to know, they're going to notice. They're not going to like it. And if they're willing to ask you bad questions, they're willing to say no to you simply because you don't answer them. Look, and you can still decide not to go to work at that company. We'd recommend that you do. But if you get a question that you don't think it's appropriate, uh, inappropriate is not the word, you don't think it's an effective interviewing question, tough. Answer the question as directly and specifically as you can, as straightforwardly as you possibly can. That's the right answer. Good. Okay. Now, I want to put myself in the audience's shoes here because I, I know they have some questions. So they're probably thinking right now, okay, so I answered the question they asked, but when do I get time to tell them what I want them to know? I mean, if they're really a bad interviewer yeah. and they never ask the right question, they're never going to find out how good I am. Yep. You're right. They might not. It's entirely possible. First of all, they're lost. But look, there will be people who will interview you, will ask the right questions. You'll give perfect answers. And they're not smart enough to know that you've given them a perfect answer. And they don't listen well enough. And they end up saying no to you anyway. Well, that's not fair. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> goading. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, folks. I shouldn't do yeah. that to him. I know. I know. I got to tell you, Bad fairness game. is for board games, folks. It's for board games. It's not even for card games because poker is a card game. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not supposed to be fair. Fair isn't in the rules. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, I want to say that again. You're right. They may not find out how good you are if they ask you stupid questions and you answer the stupid questions directly, but those answers don't put you in a good light. Sorry. Let's just be clear about that. We know that's true. And guys, it doesn't help us to steer you wrong, okay? We're not trying to be clever, okay? The people who you read in the magazines and newspapers who don't know what they're talking about, they're trying to be clever. They say things like, well, of course, of course, you've got to answer. You can't be forced to answer a question that doesn't put you in a good light. So therefore, answer the way you want to answer. Well, that's a non sequitur. Nobody can force you to answer any question. No, you're not being forced. You're being evaluated. And if you get asked question A and you answer with answer B, 
even though you think answer B is what you really want them to know, you're going to get minus points because you didn't answer question A. And no, you're not being forced to answer question A, but you're going to get dinged for giving the wrong answer by answering B. So answer the question that's A. But there is something you can do. Not on the first question. That's what I was waiting for. That's what I'm waiting for. What can I do? But look, but to be clear, I know you're waiting for it, but it's far more important. We would have put this first in the cast if it were more important. What's more important is you've got to answer the question. Let me me give you an example. I'm going to give you an example that's not immediately on point, but I'll show how it's related in a moment. A typical question in the U.S. Now, I know it's not asked everywhere. I think it should be, but it's not, and that's okay. In the U.S., it would not be unusual for a fresh college graduate to be asked, what was your GPA? What was your grade point average? In other words, how good a student were you? There's some evidence that better students are better hires. I know some people say, oh, 4.0s don't matter. And for those of you overseas, 4.0s are straight A's, which is the highest grade one can get. More schools are going away from that. and There's a lot of grade inflation. It's not as pure an analysis as it used to be, but nonetheless, Everybody who has below a 3.0, and actually nowadays, I think it's people below 2.5 between a B and a C, what they want to do, they don't want to answer the question directly. No, of course not. Right. What's funny is, is they often say when you talk to them, when you talk to them on campus and you say, hey, I, I need you to, you know, you've got to answer this question directly. And they say, well, look, here's what I want to say. Because nobody answers the GPA question. What I thought was more important was my extracurricular activities. Yeah. I was no, president no, 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 no. of the Oh, no, no, dude, don't worry. No, 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 no. Don't do No, 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 no. They don't, they're not stupid enough to do that. Here's what they say. They say, nobody really wants to answer the GPA question. And I say, hold that thought for just a minute. Let me get a test. How many of you have 4.0 or 3.9 GPAs? Eh, you know, 20% of the hands go up. Because the kids who want to get good jobs study hard. And those kids who want to get good jobs come to the seminars I give. And I say, okay. How many of you like it when they ask your GPA and they all raise their hands? I said, how many of you, when you're asked your GPA, immediately say a number with a decimal point? All the hands stay up. I said, so apparently the people with good GPAs really like the question. (laughs) And I said, you should know, folks, you should know if you don't have good interview answers to the good interview questions that the vast majority of college interviewers ask, which are professional interview questions, because they've got a lot of people to interview and they need to use good interviewing distinctions in order to make decisions. And the best way to do that is to give tough interview questions, behavioral interviewing questions. Anyway, they know, right, that they're going to get asked and they're going to ask a question about the GPA and they know that the top people are going to jump right on it. And they know the moment they hear, well, when you're asked a GPA, they're going to get a story. Now, look, folks, the only answer to a question of what was your GPA? And now, by the way, there are people who say they shouldn't ask that. Well, tough. They do. They should go and they should find out what my GPA is because they have access to that at the, ca- the college recruiting office. Yes, except for those of you with two fives and below, if they did find out in advance, they'd take you off their interviewing slate. So you don't want them doing that. That said, You have to answer the question. The moment you tell them, start to tell them what you want them to know. Like, well, actually, my GPA is is, uh, not as great as I'd like it to be. I was working full-time, and I was a varsity sport, and I tried to be president of my fraternity, so I only had a 2-4. Now, very few people, there there are some people who will say, you know, GPA was not my primary uh, goal here. I wanted to graduate, and I wanted to be well-rounded, and so I did X, and I did Y, and I did Z, all on your comment. I have to tell you, if you get asked the GPA question and you literally don't give a number, 
you might as well shoot yourself in the face right there in the interview because it is not going to happen. And it's not that they worry about your low GPA. We've talked before about John Hoffman, my very good friend from West Point with a 1.69 GPA, who's one of the most successful people I've ever known in my life and has the best officer efficiency ratings of anyone I ever saw in my entire career helping military officers leave the service of anyone in any service and is now a CEO and loved by thousands of people who have worked for him who still remember him and say, I want to work for John again someday. And he got hired by Applied Materials, which is full of PhDs who are so smart. Hoffman's like, I don't know what they're doing. It includes Einstein. I mean, he says, Horace, you tutored me in juice, electrical engineering. What do I know? So guys, if you get asked a GPA question, the fact that you think it's not a good question or it doesn't put you in a good light, or let me put it differently, the fact that you know it doesn't put you in a good light and so therefore you think it's not a good question doesn't mean it's a smart ploy to not answer the question immediately. I don't mind if somebody says, I got a 2-4. I regret that I didn't spend as much time studying as I could have. I was, however, president of my fraternity and I was you know, in charge of two sports programs, the, the public relations for them. You know what? I'm okay with that answer. I really am. I really am. But I'm not okay with that same answer with the 2.4 at the end rather than at the beginning. Okay? What happens is people hear the question. They think it's a question that causes them not to look good. And so then they don't like the question. What happens in your head, though, is you start getting twisted around about what is the definition of a good question. And you begin to define good questions as questions that make you look good with an answer that you have prepared that somewhat relates to it. But that's not the definition of a good question. The person who gets to decide what a good question is, the recruiter, the interviewer, the hiring manager. And any question they ask is legitimately good. It may not be effective in your mind, but no offense, guys, you're probably not that smart about how to interview. So... What we recommend is, first, you must answer the question. That is asked. Specifically, even if it makes you look like an idiot, answer it. If you think it makes you look like an idiot, afterwards say, I know that makes you look, me look like an idiot. But at least you have the courage to say, I'm going to answer the question. Because I got to tell you, the number of people who tell me they hate politics today, because none of the politicians say what they mean and they never answer the question. Gee whiz, you guys are all studying to be politicians. Those of us with bad backgrounds are like, well, I'm going to be a politician and try to get over. No offense, but you know what? The recruiter's going to think the same thing of you that you think of politicians today. Never answers the question. I wonder what he's hiding. Yeah. But let me answer your question. There is something you can do. Not on the first question, okay? Let them get warmed up a bit. It's possible they haven't interviewed in a while. Maybe that's why they're stinking up the interview, okay? Maybe they're going to get to some better questions. So give them two, three, four, five questions. Then to a specific question, add something to one of your specific answers. For example, suppose they ask the question, can you work under pressure? If you don't know, this is a really dumb question question. And by the way, the only people who answer it poorly are the people who want to dodge it and say, well, I, well, I prefer a, a low pressure job, which is to say, well, we really didn't care whether you could or couldn't. But obviously, if we're asking you whether you could, we would prefer someone who not only can, but would like to. So if we have a choice between somebody who would like to and who can and somebody who can but wouldn't like to, we'll probably hire the person who wants to and is good. But separate from that stupidity of not answering the question directly, the right answer to that question is yes, unless, of course, that's untrue for you. So can you work under pressure? Yes. Then you could add on. 
And you could say this, if I can give you an example of that, when I worked at XYZ, I delivered a $4 million project on time and on budget after they cut my delivery time by four months. I'd be happy to tell you how I did that if you wanted. Okay. What you've got to do here is watch the interviewer very carefully when you answer this question, especially during your add-on. If there is any hint of irritation, then don't add anything to future questions. You're back to sticking to answer our first point, answer the question you're asked, and, and sorry, life's not fair. If he says, yeah, he'd like to hear how you did that, with even the tiniest hit of, well, if you hit, hint of, if you must, then be very brief. 30 seconds, 45 seconds, nothing more. What you're doing here is by adding something on, you're testing whether this interviewer just asked bad questions through ineptitude or whether he's unprofessional and he really doesn't even want to listen to you. Look, and folks, that's possible. You could have been put on the list by HR or his manager or somebody else entirely, and he's already looked and said, this is not my guy. I've got to interview him. Now, if you're smart, he'd figure out how to interview you and make you feel challenged, but then make you feel that you lost the interview simply because you didn't do well rather than you were interviewed by a loser. Yeah. But if the add-on works, if she responds positively, right, that, that you provided right. that additional detail, then you can do it again, right? You can keep going. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and, and to, I, I guess until they, until they show signs of irritation, then you'd stop. Yes, exactly. Right. If you're going to, yeah, you, you've got to be willing to let it go if it doesn't get the reaction you'd like. But if you get a good reaction, Sure. And be brief, right? They've already shown a propensity to not know how to interview professionally. So you don't want to try to drive a truck through the loophole. You don't want to try to put a camel through the eye of the needle. So if they seem to suggest that they'll hear it, you know, do 30, 45 seconds, maybe a minute, and that's all. Yeah, that's how you do it. Works like a charm. Now, the fact you can do all this, you can do the best job possible. We have lots of more, you know, lots more casts we're going to do on this particular topic of bad interviewers. But you do all that. The fact is, sometimes you don't get the outcome you want, right? And there you got to kind of do the Jimmy Buffett rule. I'm calling it the Jimmy Buffett rule. That's that's what I'm calling it from now on, which is just let it Be-bomo. go. Breathe in, breathe out, move on. Yeah. I bought a cheap watch from the crazy man floating down canal. It doesn't use numbers or moving hands. It always just says now. You might be thinking that I was had, but this watch is never wrong. And if I have trouble, the warranty says, breathe in, breathe out move on. <laughs> yeah. Mine and Michael Swinson, our good friend, Michael Swinson, one of our all-time favorite songs. Any Jimmy Buffett song is my favorite, but look, interviews are important, but you're going to be put up against somebody who's not any good. And it's a bad sign about the company. It's a bad sign about the individual. No one ought to be unprepared for an interviewer interview, either the interviewer or the interviewee. You ought to be prepared. And I have to tell you folks, there are far more interviewees who are unprepared being interviewed by professionally prepared interviewers than there are the other way around. I can assure you that my experience tells me that if somebody's going to be unprepared, it's going to be the interviewee. And you can almost, you can't, but you can almost on a weak moment forgive an unprepared interviewer simply because it gets really bloody tiring to prepare and to get ready and to sketch notes in a resume and the sidelines of a resume. And in eight minutes, no, this person couldn't 
fight their way out of a wet paper bag and they're not ready for the interview. They don't know what they want to talk about or they don't know what what they're going to talk about and they haven't thought about themselves and why they'd be good for it. They don't even know who they're interviewing for. They know they want to ask questions about the company long before it's time for that. Um, they're rude. They're unprofessional. They're late. They're they're dressed poorly and so on. So look, if it's going to be unprepared, if I had to flip a coin, I'd say interviewee. But that isn't still, still in the end, it's not an excuse for the interviewer to be unprepared. But the point is you can't control them any more than they can control you. But look, we we feel for you. I've interviewed. I know the feeling. There's a lot at stake. You want to feel you've been able to show your best self. I mean, gosh, you want a little bit of fairness. So if you're well-prepared, you want a fair shot, but it's not that way. You can't control interviewers. You can only control yourself. This is part of being a professional is being ready for a true test. And when you don't get it, realizing maybe that says something about whether or not you're a fit with that organization and you dress yourself off and say, I can take pride in the fact that I was ready and I wasn't tested. Maybe I would say I wasn't treated fairly, but I know that fairness is not one of the rules of life. And that happens, right? Stuff happens. And look, we would love to be able to help you by sweeping away all the bad interviewers, but we can't. We wish we could, but we can't. If you come up against a bad one and the interview goes poorly, please don't invest any more energy in it by being angry about it. Don't do it. Just let it go. Move on to the next one. Don't allow them to make you angry. They poked you with an unprepared interviewer umbrella, but you'd be getting mad all by yourself. You don't want to do that. Don't give them the satisfaction. So pretty clear. Answer the question you're asked, even if it's a crazy question. Add something once, pay attention to the response after you've gotten a couple of them and realize the first one was not a fluke. And then whatever you do, you got to let the outcome go. If you do well, lucky you. Certainly you'd put unprepared interviewer in your category of negatives for the company. Maybe they can still overcome that. But breathe in, breathe out, move on. That's the way you do it. There you go. Thanks, my friend. You bet, partner. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.